All right. We welcome you back. Today we're going to be talking about how to change your air filter for your AC system. All right. I'm serious. It's right there. All right. My son calls me, I think it was on Saturday, and his AC wasn't cooling as good as, po- as he thought, so then he, uh, he took off the thermostat and was trying to mess with it, and I think he crossed the wires and blew the fuse in the, in the AC unit. So that didn't, nothing worked. <laughs> and so he was trying to say, what do I do? And I said, I don't know. I know, I know carpentry. I don't know AC very well. Fortunately, uh, Daniel's father-in-law, they were talking, and Ella says, well, my, fa- my dad works with those all the time. So it was just a fuse that popped out, so they got her fixed. So that's good. But, hey, we want to just welcome these that are watching online. Man, there's quite a few here. Uh, we got um, we got Carson. We got Jamie Robinette. All right. We got several there. Uh, Carson. Hey, they're interacting with each other. So if you're not interacting there, say hi and say, hey, I'm here. All right. Well, praise God. It's good to see you all here today. And I'm going to just go like that because sometimes the lights get in my eye. So good to see you all. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. This is the final uh, message in our study in the book of Philippians. So uh, Philippians chapter 4, we're going to do 1 through through 23 here. So uh, talking about the peace of God. So we've been working through that. You can, if you want to catch the whole series in Philippians, you can go on to uh, the YouTube channel for the church that and subscribe to that and it'll even uh, let you know when you can um, when a new message is uploaded and usually Andy is pretty good about that usually by Sunday evening it's up and up and running um, you can always find usually the Facebook version as well um, the YouTube version is a little more trimmed down so we we take out a few things and it's a little more just the announcements in the message but yeah so we're going to talk about that today and then next Next week, I said we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer and then weave that into the Sunday night part as well. And then Pastor Andy's going to speak on Memorial Day weekend. So, amen. Well, let's uh, look at this. Paul, in the book of Philippians, is writing this letter from where? From prison, right. He's writing it from prison. Um, and he is writing to the church in Philippi. If you look at your map, you could even look at it on your Google Maps or your Apple Maps. And Philippi is still a city that is still in existence today in that Macedonia area. Okay, Paul ends up there on his second missionary journey. He goes through there again on his third missionary journey. But it becomes a great church. There's a great um, love for this church because of their partnership in the gospel with him. What did that partnership look like? It looked like they were praying for him. It looked like that they would help him financially on his trips. It looked like they were there in companionship and friendship with him. So even when he's in prison, they are sending gifts to him. Okay, so we're going to talk about that today. That's in our passage. They send gifts to him, kind of like a care package, you know, right when you're at college, right? Uh, You know, remember those? You get that care package and you're away from home, you're homesick. So... Maybe you didn't have that experience because you didn't go very far, but I, I was living in Alaska at that point, and I went down to North Dakota for college. And so getting a care package uh, was pretty significant, right? And Because uh, um, I went home at Christmas, but that was about it. So uh, those care packages were pretty significant. So he gets a care package. But So Paul is going to talk about this morning. He 
Um, I like the book of Philippians because there's a lot of maturity that comes through in his writing uh, of the book of Philippians. He's experienced a lot of uh, hardship and difficulties. And so what he's writing is not just, hey, maybe do this. It is something that he's learned from his own life and put into practice. All right. Okay. He talks a lot about joy, rejoice, peace. That comes up a lot in the book of Philippians. So before we jump in, let's bow our heads in prayer one more time, and we're going to invite God's presence. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would take it and apply it to our life, dear God. Um, It is the living word of God. And so, Lord God, we invite your Holy Spirit to come and make these words uh, come alive to us and speak to us, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Amen. And there is Sierra. So Sierra, we were honoring volunteers and you eluded us. So (laughs) amen. She is very faithful. All right. Verses one through three of chapter four. Chapter four. Um, Let's look at this together. So first of all, Paul is going to talk about peace with others. Peace with others. Man, isn't that one of the things that if you don't have peace with somebody, it can tear you up on the inside, whether it's your spouse, you know, not that spouses ever fight, right? right? Whether it's a spouse or best friend or family or a co-worker, um, it can make us sick in our stomach. So let's see what he says here. He says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Udia and I plead with Syntyche. Boy, those are good names, huh? To be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of the co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul is, he is sick to his stomach and he's concerned. He's in prison, right? But he gets word, he gets word that these two women that had served alongside him in the ministry, partnering with him, we're at odds with each other. And it was at the place that he's getting word of it. Man, these two are like, they're at each other's throats. And that makes him sick. Why? Because they were two women that he cared for, that had worked with him, and now they were at odds with each other. You know, and that, within the church, you know, we would like to think that that doesn't happen in the church, but it does happen in the church, Right? We can, have, we can be at odds with other people, but it's especially bad, I think, when it happens within the church. Now, the New Testament does call us to love our neighbor. It calls us to love our enemies. Jesus talks about that. But if you look at the writings of Paul, he calls us more often to love our brother and sister in Christ. You know, to love our, somebody that we only see on occasion, oh, I love the world, right? He, it's maybe sometimes easier to do that than to love somebody that we work with or that we're with on a day-to-day basis, right? You can't ignore them, right? You have to interact with them. And these two ladies were at odds with each other. Um, and if we are truly to be say that we are a Christian, it means that we have to um, deal with those differences. And I don't think... Uh, God has called us to be uniformity. In other words, to do everything the same way, to think the same way, and all that, okay? But He has called us to unity, right? What's the difference between uniformity and unity? 
There's a difference there, right? Uniformity means you're going to a, uh, a, a private school and you all wear the same uniform. That's uniformity, right? Unity means that you are all focused on a common goal and purpose, right? We do that in the military. We do that in businesses. We do that in the church. That's why we have our vision thing on the wall there is because, you know what? You may be different ages. You may have different backgrounds, come from different areas of the country. You have different tastes and different likes. You like different foods, right? You dress differently. There's a lot of difference there, folks. But what makes, what provides unity is that we unify under a common goal and purpose to lead, love, and connect people to Christ. Amen? That's what unifies us because there's some of you that like spaghetti. There's some of you that like tacos. There's some of you that like fish. Some of you don't like to fish. Some of you can't do fishing enough, right? Um, there's a couple of them right there. They're on the, the fishermen are on the outside here, right? <laughs> um, but you get what I'm getting at? What unites us is our common goal and purpose. And so Paul pleads with these people, with the church in Philippi and with these two women, to have the same mind, to be same in, in mind with the Lord, to be un- that is that idea of unity, be surround yourselves around a common goal and purpose. And so the first point we want to look at is that the key to peace with others is staying focused on Christ. And you can add in there and his mission. When our focus turns to other people or other things, we lose the sight of what is important, Christ and his mission. And he's entrusted that to us. Um, And that is why we have our vision. And that's why we hit it every Sunday. And we try to hit it in different ways. But why? Because we have to keep that out in front of us. If we lose sight of that, then we get hung up on other things. What are some other things? Politics. You know what? I think even right now, with with the Trump election, you know, that's been, what, two years ago-ish, right? But that did a lot of damage in the church, folks, because people saw their allegiance to a certain party as more important than their allegiance to Christ. And I, I'm, we're citizens of this world, and we should vote. I definitely believe in that. But our citizenship with Christ is more important, folks. And, and that's what we have to stay focused. Um, that can divide us. And so if we, put those, if we put that in front of our allegiance to Christ, we're going to have issues. You know, people fight over. Churches are divided over the color of the carpet. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. We can laugh about it, but there, it is true. And you look at some of the church splits that happen, I can guarantee you it's not over their faith in Christ. It's usually over other things. We have to stay on mission. We have to stay focused on Christ because that's what unites us in a common purpose and a common goal. Amen? Peace with others. Um, and I and I don't want to just go over this point too quickly because if there's anything that's ever caused tension in my life or just an unsettled feeling is when there's not peace with others. Okay? So, um, and Scripture is very clear that if you have odds with your brother and sister in Christ, you go to that person, right? And you say, hey, this is, this is how I'm feeling. I felt like this is what happened. You don't say, you did this, you did that. You never use you statements. That's not good in marriage, and that's not good with other people because when you use you statements... 
the defenses come up, right? We're going to go to battle, right? All right, let's get out the ammo and we're going to slug it out. All right, so say, hey, this is how I felt when this happened. And usually what happens is the person says, you know what? Oh, man, I didn't mean that. I, you know, so often we can take things that people do in the wrong way and then we have an offense, right? That's maybe what very likely happened with these two women. Something happened and they didn't take time to clarify what happened and, and then all of a sudden they're not talking to each other and it's affecting the church and it's affecting the witness of the church. All right, I was just reading of a, a church, I think in Colorado, where the pastor is suing the church over some things that happened. And there's some denominations that do that in-house that it doesn't go out into the secular courts and stuff like that. But when it gets out into the news and stuff like that, people look at the church and they go, man, it's not a good witness, is it? Because we can't handle, Paul really talks about that. He says, handle your own business within the church. Deal with things, amen? Doesn't mean sweep it under the rug, but he does say, hey, make peace with one another, move on, stay focused on Christ. Secondly, he's going to talk about peace in our heart. Peace in our heart. Verses 4 through 7. So let's look at that together. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say again. That's an exclamation mark, folks. Rejoice. All right. Okay. I know you guys can do better than that because you, you go to Husker games, you go to other sports activities. I know you can know what that means. All right. Okay. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Do we need to read that again? Do not be anxious about anything. What were you anxious about this week? But in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Those are two, three good things. Prayer petition, and thanksgiving. Man, when you're thankful and you thank God for the good things, then sometimes the other things aren't as so important. Present your requests to God, and the God of peace, will, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, you know, Paul... There again, if Paul had this life where he hadn't come against obstacles and things like that, we could say, oh, Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. But he's writing this letter from prison, right? He's been stoned on one occasion. He's been left for dead. He's had to run for his life. He's thrown in prison, jail, for delivering a lady from, yeah, let's go to that. That's uh, found in Acts 16. And I've referred to this on other occasions. So, But in Acts 16, he's actually in Philippi. So the book of Acts records his first time in Philippi. And he ministers for several days. People are getting saved. But at this, this woman that was possessed by an evil spirit was able to fortune tell. And so she was a servant girl. She was owned by other people. And so they made their living by her telling fortunes for people. All right? Well, she follows Paul and Silas around and says, hey, these men are from God, but it was kind of a nuisance thing. And Paul recognizes it wasn't of God. And so after a couple of days of this, he turns around and prays for her. The spirits are gone. She's set free, right? Good thing, right? Well, the owners didn't think so, right? Because there just went their livelihood, right? And so they stir the city up. Paul and Silas are thrown in prison, 
And that, that, that's the great story there is that in prison, there they were. And so they were moping and groping, right? Singing the Hee Haw song. So that's going to go back a few, few uh, years for some of you. All right. You can look it up on YouTube if you really want to know what it is, your younger generation. All right. Okay. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Okay. That's, that's part of the song there. All right. Okay. Um, is that what they were doing? No, they weren't. They were praising God, right? Shackles on their hands and their feet. They're praising God in the middle of the night. Their back is laid open with, from being whipped. Ideal, not ideal circ- circumstances. I'm sure in those conditions there was probably rats running around. It just probably wasn't a good place. But they praise God. And all of a sudden, an earthquake comes. Their chains fall off. And it leads to the conversion of the jailer and his family. But they learn to rejoice in the Lord through the storm. And God prevailed. Paul was not anxious But he learned to praise, to pray, to give thanks to God, even in the most difficult times. So the second principle is the key to peace of God in our heart is to rejoice, be thankful, and pray. Now, and it says when we do, it will protect, it will guard. So you can underline that word, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's like a wall of protection around your heart and your mind. So where does anxiety attack? Right there, right? Just like, and sometimes it's like there's just that dart, and it's boom, right there. It gets you, right? And we all know as a believer in Christ, we are not to be anxious, right? And it's even a sin. Did you know that? Wow, Pastor Brent. Well, it is. <laughs> it is. Anxiety. Why? Because anxiety says that your fear of the unknown is greater than your faith in God. It's a lack of trust and faith in God. Wow. Boy, I just stepped on a lot of toes there, didn't I? Good thing I just stepped on my own too, okay? All right, so I'm in it too, all right? All right? I can tell you're listening this morning though. But when we go to God in prayer and thanksgiving and and rejoice in Him, He builds that wall of protection around us, kind of like a moat, right? A A moat was around a castle, and it was to protect from the enemy. That's what God will do to you, for you, if you go to Him in prayer, if you get into God's Word, and you thank Him. He's going to protect where anxiety attacks. Amen? And it is a peace that passes, surpasses all understanding. In other words, it doesn't make sense. How could Paul and Silas have peace in the midst of their circumstances in the jail? How? It doesn't make any sense, folks. How can you have peace in the middle of getting that bad report from the doctor? How can you have peace when you get that bill in the mail, right? That you weren't expecting. You can have it if you trust God and you go to Him with thanksgiving prayer and seek Him. Peace in our heart. Amen? Number three, peace of mind. All right, Paul could have been a psychologist, So let's look at verses 8 through 9. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, say it with me. So I'm going to say it. I'll say it once and then you say it after me. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. 
think about such things. Now, how, how many of you does that describe your thought life over the last 24 hours? Did your thought life pass all those different things? So I do have a filter up here. This is an air filter, all right? But what does it have on here? It has honest, right, pure, praiseworthy. You know what? If we allow these things to be like this air filter, what does an air filter do for a furnace? It keeps it from particles and bad things getting into the unit that would destroy it, right? So if you're going to try having an AC or furnace unit without an air filter, you won't have it long, right? If you don't use one of these babies, right? They serve an important purpose. They protect the furnace from things that would harm it. If you have as the filter of your mind honest, right, praiseworthy, you let those things pass through that filter, it's going to protect your mind. And there's things that come into our minds that do not pass those things, and so we think about those things, and then we wonder why we're in a bad place with our mental health, right? Because we're not thinking about things that pass that standard. Um, and so Paul... There again, I don't think Paul just is just pulling this out of the air. I think it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. But I also think that during his difficulties, he learned by, from the school of hard knocks that if he was going to survive and do what God called him to do, he had to think upon things that are honest, pure, and holy, and all those good things. Amen? Paul understood that the things that we think about shape our conduct and our life. Right? Before you ever do anything bad, you thought about it before it. Right? You thought about it beforehand. Our thoughts turn into actions and a destiny. Therefore, guard your heart. Let it go through those filters. Ultimately, you're responsible for the thoughts that come through your head. And um, you say, but you know what? I... You know, I, I read my Bible, I pray, and I still have some pretty, you know, Pastor, if you, I told you the thoughts that sometimes come through my mind or temptations that come through my mind, right? They're not too holy. Yeah, that's part of being human. Okay, so the, the adage is what? You can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from what? Building a nest in your hair? You didn't, haven't heard that one? Wow. Okay, that must be a North Dakota thing. All right, yeah. All right? Yeah? So, you know, we had on those wreaths out front there, there was some and bird trying to build a nest there. So you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair, okay? What does that mean? It means that, hey, you're going to have thoughts coming through, but let the filter catch them, and don't let them go any further. Amen? You have control over those. In fact, we want to go to, I'm going to call Audible here. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Dun, 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 dun. Um, Paul says we can take captive every thought that comes. Somebody help me out there. It's 2 Corinthians. Come on, Sierra. Help me out here. Look it up. We can take captive every stronghold and every thought that sets it up against the mind of Christ. Where is that found? I think it's 2 Corinthians. You help me out there. I'm going to have you guys look it up. This is good experience for you all. Huh? 
I was thinking it was in the tens. Okay, ten five. And how did you do that, sir? You just typed it into your Bible app? You Googled it. All right. Ten five. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Right? So those thoughts, you maybe can't control every thought that comes into your brain, but you can take it captive through the power of Christ. Say, hey, thought, you don't belong here. It doesn't pass the standard. And you have authority. And I think sometimes as believers in Christ, we think we don't have the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't have the authority and power that we do. And Satan just loves it because he thinks, man, you know what? I can do whatever I want to do. And these Christians, they don't know the, uh, the power and authority that is there. As a believer in Christ, God's Holy Spirit is within you. And you can take authority over those thoughts. Say, hey, thoughts, you have to go. Amen? All right. Praise God. All right. So the key to the peace of God in our mind is thinking about right things. All right. And number four, he talks about financial peace. Now, that is pretty timely is right now, isn't it? Pretty timely? Yeah, very timely. All right, so let's look at it here. Verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. Ooh. Grumble, 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 right, sometimes? Okay, I know what it is like, what it is to be in need. So Paul had times that were lean. And I know what it is to have plenty. So there was times that things were good. But I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, so you get athletes that put that on their, you know, on their, what do you call those things? Huh? Yeah, the, yeah, they'll put them on there, right? Right? I can do all things through Christ. What's the context here? It's talking about living within our means, right, and being content in all those things. It's not talking about running a football or shooting the basketball, right? Now, I don't have, if you want to, if, if that helps you out, great, okay? But the context here is that it's talking about financial well-being and that God is able to allow me, give me the strength to live in times of plenty. You know, times of plenty can be sometimes just as difficult as times of want. Can't they? Because in times of plenty, sometimes, oh, you know what? Times are good. I don't need to pray. I don't need to read my Bible. The chances of you falling away from God are much greater during times of plenty than in times of need. Because in times of need, just like, God, I need help, right? Right? But in times of plenty, sometimes we can kind of put God on the back burner. Paul says, in all things, he is the God that strengthens me. Okay, let's keep going. Yet it was good for me to share, in, it was good for you to share my troubles. So what is he talking about? They are providing, they're bringing him an offering to prison, this care package, okay? Moreover, as the Philippians, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I w- was sent from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. See, that's what set the Philippian church apart from all the other churches, Ephesus, Colossae, is that even in the difficult hour, they were partnering with him in the gospel, praying with him, and they were helping support the mission. 
For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is more to be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus. Okay, you have to know how to pronounce that before you leave. Epaphroditus, the gifts you sent. They are fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. So they presented Paul an offering. And then verse 19, you should have this underlined as well. Maybe you do as well. But we have to understand the context here. And my God will supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. That's a good promise, isn't it? But the context is in the matter of giving as they were faithful to provide for Paul's needs and partner with him. God was going to be faithful to supply their needs. And I know for us sometimes giving has been easy. And I don't think ever giving's always been easy. I don't know if it ever is. Okay? I, can I just be honest? I mean, it's still that commitment when I write the check or give the cash. It's a commitment on my part. But what I do know is that when I'm faithful to what God has called me to do, to tithe, to give 10% of my income, that's the pattern we see in Scripture, to give offerings to people, when I'm faithful, then I can stand on this promise that my God will supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Because that's the context, isn't it? That as they were generous and providing for Paul, God was going to pour into their lap and bless them and be faithful to them. So what's the fourth point here? The key to financial peace is trust and contentment in the, art, in the provision of God. Paul had experienced times of plenty and times of leanness. Um, all right. I, uh, I think as far as the church, it means if we were to take that and apply it to our situation and to Radiant Springs Church, it means each of us being faithful uh, to God of our time, okay, volunteering, right? Um, we got some people right now that are probably volunteering too much. And if you're not volunteering, maybe step up. There, we got a place for you, you know, um, wherever your gifts are at. Time, your talent, so that kind of even goes with that as well. Just using your gifts, whatever you can do. Uh, your treasure. So that is, that's the financial part of it. And I don't, I don't have an issue of telling or ha sharing Christ, what Christ says about giving, what Scripture says about giving, because I know that if, if you give because Pastor Brent tells you to give, you're giving for the wrong reasons, okay? But if you give because that's what God is calling you to and you're aligning yourself with Scripture, then... You're, you're bringing yourself under the blessing of God. Um, I'm gonna, I've shared this story before, but there's probably many of you who haven't heard it. So when we lived in Springfield, that was by far the most challenging financial time that we've ever lived through as a family. And So we went down there. We stayed with Amy's folks for, I think, a couple months until we found our own place. And the place that we found was probably fit the bill, but it was just a little bit over budget by like two, 300. And so one family member kicked in a little bit uh, to help us to get to that place until all the things evened out, okay? And that was hard. It was hard to do that. 
And um, eventually, you know, the work came together. I had part-time work. Amy had full-time work. It just didn't pay a lot. But towards the end of our time there, um, I remember my cousin, who her and her husband are missionaries to Ukraine. I just remember they were just go, were prepared to go out into the mission field, and they present, you know, came to us saying, hey, will you support us? And I was kind of like, oh, man, we just, it was only, you know, we were looking at 25 bucks, but, you know, 25 bucks then seemed like a lot, okay? 25 bucks seemed like a lot. But we just felt like it was the right thing. We, were, Amy and I were both in agreement on it, and so we made the commitment. Two days later, folks, I get a raise that more than made up for it. It's like multiplied what we had made a commitment to. I don't know would it have happened if I had made that pledge. I don't know. All I know is that we took that step of faith and trusted God, and God was faithful, and. We went to Springfield with some debt, not a lot of debt, just we owed on a car. But then I had financial, you know, you, have to, you can't go to college for free. You can't get a master's degree for free. And uh, so I think there was about $10,000 there that, you know, over the couple years. But when we left Springfield, folks, we let f- debt free. And we left with money to put down on a down payment of our house here which allowed us to come to Crete. God is faithful. And, and I'll also say that those are some of the most anxious times in my life. You know, the words of Paul, I, I really had to really, I even got some counseling from one of my professors because I said, you know, they're just, I'm not doing well. Um, and he, that's when I really, he said, well, you know, if you have anxiety, it really stems back to that fear that you don't trust God. So we explored that a little bit. And then that verse, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. That's where that really came home for me. It became one of the verses that I memorized and uh, just put to mind. Amen. I'm going to have the musicians come. Joel, I'll let you grab Amy. Amen. Paul concludes with the final greetings. And so let's look at that. Verses 21 to 23. It says, Greet all God's people in Christ, the brothers and sisters who are with me, and send greetings. And all God's people are here to send greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Do I need to read that again? Yeah. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to whose household? Caesar's household. Paul is in prison, but God even used his imprisonment to impact people even within Caesar's household. Isn't that incredible? His witness, it doesn't seem likely, right? But God used it to take the gospel even into Caesar's household. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty cool. But it's because I think Paul learned some of these things throughout the book of Philippians, but also especially in chapter 4, the peace of God. It ruled and reigned in his heart. That's what Colossians says. Let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Amen. Would you stand this morning? Um, 
I could probably have this message preached to myself I don't know how many times a year. <laughs> because it's where it's one of those things where faith, your faith, your theology meets reality. And we wrestle through it, right? And um, so I want us to go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, this morning, I thank you for each one that is here. The first area that we need peace with is with you, Lord, as we talked about during the communion time. Lord, if we haven't made peace with you and that we, that we don't have that hope of heaven, that if for some reason our time is now, you take us home into eternity, would we stand before you and enter into your presence, Lord God? That's something that I cannot do for anybody except for myself. I can make that decision. But each one here, you have to make that decision to know that you have placed your faith in Christ and that he is your Lord and your Savior, that he's forgiven you of your sins. And if that's you this morning, it's just that simple prayer of saying, God, come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. And the Lord part is where it's a prayer, but now I have to live it out in my life. And so, Lord God, if, if anybody's here this morning or listening online that needs to hear that, today could be their day of salvation. And, Lord, I pray for each one here. Lord, I, there's not too many people that I do not know that don't deal with anxiety to some degree. But, Lord, it, it is a sin before you because it reveals a lack of faith in our mighty God. And, Lord God, I pray that you would take us to those depths and to those that understanding of relationship with you that we can trust you. And that even in the midst of the storm or in times of, of the plenty, Lord God, we're thankful, we're prayerful, we're seeking you, Lord God. We're rejoicing knowing that you are walking with us, Lord God. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. And so, Lord God, as we sing this closing song, make your word come alive in our hearts. Make it become a reality. And if it needs to penetrate deep, let it allow, allow it to do so, Lord God. Let us build up walls in our life to keep out the bad stuff and allow your presence to come in. Amen. Amen. Lord, this morning as we leave and we go through this week, um, Lord God, give us peace with each other. Give us peace in our heart. Give us peace in our mind and, and peace even in the midst of financial things, Lord. Oh God, let your peace rule and reign in our heart. We give you the thanks. We give you the praise. And let your peace go with us, Lord God. Lord, as we... Uh, touch the world around us, Lord God, because I, I know there's people that we come in contact with this every day. And they don't have that peace that we talked about this morning, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And Lord God, may we live it first of all in our lives, but also share it with the people around us, Lord God. We have the hope of Christ within us. Let us be prepared to share that hope tell others about Christ. We give you the thanks. We give you the praise. We ask in your name. Amen.